This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Welcome to Better Than Before. Today on the program, my special guest is Karen Reed, a former television news anchor who's now president of her own communications company and is also about to release her third book, Suddenly Hybrid, which is chock full of information about how to do meetings, where part of the meeting has participants on site and part of it has virtual attendees. It's also Karen's second time on the show here with us. And I will be wrapping up the show today with three big ideas just for you. Today's program is sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Be right back with Karen Reed right after this. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. back to better than before this is tony richards and i got my very first repeat guest on the show today karen reed who's an on-camera communications expert ceo and chief confidence creator of speaker dynamics and she is a three-time author about to be a fourth time author did i get that right you did get that right and that okay. just makes me tired thinking about it tony <laughs> and i also want to mention that her book suddenly virtual is the previous most current book, Making Remote Meetings Work, published by Wiley. And if you want to go back and hear that conversation, it's episode number 408. 
here and the Better Than Before library. And so you can do that by downloading it on whatever you listen to podcasts on, or you can go to my website and look for episode number 408, and you'll hear Karen sharing all of her knowledge about making remote meetings work. Of course, I'm sure we'll have a point or two of that today. She just wants you to know that when you're doing a webcast, it might be new to you, but she's been teaching business professionals how to be effective on camera communicators for almost 10 years. And she is eager to share her timely expertise with us. Karen started Speaker Dynamics to address a major skill gap she recognized when moving from an Emmy award-winning TV news career. So we're both in broadcasting. That's why we get along so well. <laughs> and corporate video production work. And she'd be hired as a professional spokesperson, but often a client would pull their CEO or other executive to appear on camera alongside her and expect them to perform with the same level of skill. So more often than not, this did not work out well. And through failure, she started this speaker dynamics company and now is helping people all over the world with this. And she's got a brand new book that is going to be coming out tomorrow on Wednesday, February 2nd, called Suddenly Hybrid. And that is what we're going to be talking about a lot today, hybrid meetings. And I'm excited that Karen Reed is back on the show again. And congratulations on being my first repeat guest. That is so exciting, Tony. I had no idea. I'm very honored. Yeah, I think this is episode number 506, maybe something like wow. that. I'm not That's sure. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of guests. And so you were on number 408. And now here you are again in this particular year. And I'm so happy to have you back. You're my really good friend. And I'm glad that you took some time here to tell us about this new book that's coming out tomorrow. Yeah, I can't believe it. I feel like writing one book a year is hard enough. Writing two in a little over a year is some form of insanity. I'm telling you, I've written two and I cannot believe you're doing it again. Well, I have an amazing collaborator, my co-author, Dr. Joe Allen. He is incredibly easy to work with, very responsive. And for an academic, my goodness, he moves quickly. So, I mean, I'm used to being under deadline, having been a broadcast journalist for a long time, but I, he moves fast. He'll be sometimes a faster writer than I am. I'm like, how is that happening? But yeah, it's been a wonderful collaboration that we've had. And if anybody wants to know what that experience is like, go get the movie from like 1988 called Broadcast News <laughs> and watch the scene where they have to get the story on like in 15 seconds. Exactly. And yeah. that happens. I mean, that's not oh, even an exaggeration. No, yeah. no. The very first time I saw that movie, I'm like, they must have been around and saw <laughs> that because that is exactly what happens more times than not. Absolutely. Uh, and that was a network news deal. Right. Yeah, um, so true. So you have no idea how many times a month I will be driving down the highway traveling or just sitting and doing my journaling or whatever that I get a book idea then I remember what the other two books were like. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I want to do that again. Right, right. But then after a while, I get inspired again. And I pretty much write something every day, you know, and then over time, I end up with a book. But I admire you for getting ready to do your fourth one. And well, I have this problem, Tony, because if people present me with an opportunity, I feel obligated to say yes. Oh, my <laughs> I gosh. Have a serious case of FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. So yeah, I need you know, to coach you on saying no. That is so true. I'm getting a little bit better, but not that much. But suddenly virtual came out of just our collaboration. Joe and I collaborating on a webinar about what meetings would look like in five years. That was before the pandemic hit. It was like March 2020. And then a week later, all the things that we predicted would happen in five years happened overnight. So, I mean, we really felt 
obligated to help people to figure out, okay, how can you meet remotely? And it was really well received. And then suddenly hybrid came out of a conversation that we had with our editor because we kept on having people ask us about hybrid meetings because we were seeing the shifts in the way the workforce was operating, what they were asking for. And definitely the sense was that people were wanting that flexibility in work. And the only way to have a meeting when people are working from all over the place is to give them a hybrid option. So I was talking to my editor with Joe and I said, well, you know, do we have more that we can say beyond what we included in Suddenly Virtual? And Joe said, we could write a book about it. And our editor said, don't tease me. (laughs) Can you do that? And both of us kind of looked at each other and said, "Uh, yes. (laughs) And so that's how it happened. And so we're excited that it's coming out at this time because the world is still kind of transitioning and we have some really interesting new data to share that will hopefully make people feel more excited about the possibility of a hybrid meeting than afraid of it. Well, I'm excited about it because I'm sure what I don't know would fill a book. So <laughs> that's, I, a, that's your third book, Tony. Uh, what I don't know about hybrid meetings <laughs> is this book. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's talk about it. Virtual meetings and hybrid meetings. So now give us the definition. What's a hybrid meeting? Well, let's talk about the virtual meeting because virtual meetings okay. where we're all basically on some sort of virtual meeting platform, whether that be Zoom, Teams, Skype, Google Meets, you name it. And that is one communication medium, one communication network. We're all on screen, hopefully, if you've turned your camera on. We're using the same format to meet. So it's kind of egalitarian in many ways, even though there's some concerns about equity inclusion around that. But it's all the same communication medium that we're using. When you're meeting in a hybrid setting, you can have some people who are meeting in a conference room with each other. Say you've got like five people in a conference room. They are also meeting with another group of people in a totally different conference room, perhaps on the other side of the world. And then you've got a couple of people who are zooming in in their individual webcams, but they're all in the same meeting. But you have to try to figure out a way to get everybody to be able to communicate across this complex communication network. And that is the challenge and the opportunity. So I sent an email yesterday. I'm coaching this group of managers. So we're doing four on-site meetings a year and we're doing four virtual meetings a year. And so I sent an email out and I said, so... Our standard is you have to be in your office at your computer with your camera on. Okay. There's no, yes, there's no calling in. No, because Uh, you don't want to do that. It diminishes your presence. And if you would like to disappear and multitask, by all means, keep your camera off. But if you want to be a vital participant, the only way to do that is to have yourself represented in as rich a way as possible, which means not just audio, you got to have video as well. Right. You can't drive down the highway and just be a listener and sometimes participant audio wise. You have to be at somewhere where we can maintain your focus and everybody on the team can see everybody or we're going to lose the effectiveness of the whole meeting. And I was going to ask you if that's right or wrong. That's uh, absolutely right. Yeah, Yeah, no, we preach that often. And the pushback that I think you saw and I saw over this past you know year and a half or so is 
people are just so tired of video meetings. But what I would say is they're probably tired of meetings <laughs> because there was that meeting explosion as a result of the pandemic where every touch point suddenly became a calendar invite with some sort of virtual meeting link. And so we're going from a scenario where we already had a lot of meetings, we had a heavy meeting load, to one where we were adding even more on top of that. So people were on video calls from eight o'clock in the morning until six o'clock at night. And that is exhausting, but it'd be exhausting to be in any kind of meeting from eight o'clock in the morning until six o'clock at night. What we are preaching and hopefully people will hear is that if you are going to have a video meeting, you make sure that it's the right call, that you have a purpose for the meeting that requires you to have the meeting in the first place with video component and that you have a need for collaboration. Mm. If it's just a matter of like information sharing, you don't need to have that be a video meeting. Yeah. I have an executive team that I'm working with. Same deal for on-site meetings a year quarterly plus four virtuals to just do in between, right? And so we had an all-day strategic planning meeting in October, and then in November, we had a virtual meeting to follow up. What'd you learn? What was good about it? What would you do different next time? Eight people on the virtual meeting, and I got the feedback that that was the best meeting we ever had. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, And and what did they like about it? What was they, They liked that the meeting kept moving. Yep. You know, I don't know if it's just the way I facilitate or what, Probably. but you know, <laughs> we finished like 10 minutes shy of the end of the meeting. I think they always like that. And everybody came prepared. That was what was good about it. Is You touched on so many great things, Tony, right there that are key to making hybrid meetings work. You know, the first one is you said everybody came prepared. When you are in a hybrid meeting, it is critical to lean into pre-work, front load the information sharing and make people do that in advance so that they come into the meeting at a higher level of understanding. You also talked about your facilitation. That is also a critical component because if you think you can have a hybrid meeting as a free-for-all, you as the meeting leader say, okay, let's talk about blah. And then you expect people to just chime in. Some will chime in, but you're going to end up with really sporadic participation and you're not going to have everybody's voice be heard. You have to be more proactive as a facilitator in order to make sure that everybody can weigh in. You have to give them the freedom to stray off a little bit, but you also have to pull them back in. You hear the term, we're in the weeds, right? Um, when people are way off track in the meeting, I don't let them get in the weeds, right? Right. I mean, I I let them go toward the weeds, but then (laughs) I'm like, well, let's put that on the table for another time. Let's get back to this and let's follow up on that. Let's put that in the bucket and we'll cover that down the road or or something like that, something like that, you know? But I also like the size of the meeting that you had too, because what I find more and more companies realizing is that having spectators on a call is not worth it because it becomes unwieldy. It's an unnecessary blocking off of their calendar. If they're not participating, one of the beautiful things about a virtual meeting is that you can record it, send it to them afterwards to watch. You don't need to have them there and they're probably going to have their camera off. They're probably multitasking anyway. So really what is the purpose of having them there? As a facilitator, I don't like the fact I can't see everybody. Because there's not enough windows, right? I pretty much got the Brady Bunch on my screen. I don't have everybody else. But I have no idea who my main eight people are watching. 
Mm-hmm. They yeah. could have other people on their screen, which I think could be distracting. So I'd rather not go over 10 or something. Yeah, no, and we totally agree with that. And Joe would say like the optimal number for a meeting is between five and seven. So I think that you're spot on with that for sure. So what do people have to do differently if they want this to work? I had a client last week tell me that the one good thing about the pandemic, and he was talking about virtual meetings, he said one good thing about the pandemic is it forced us to do something we probably should have been doing anyway a long time Mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I think (laughs) meetings are getting more attention than they ever have, and the need to make them better (laughs) has gotten more attention than it ever has. So that is a positive. The concern with a hybrid meeting is that you have the risk of creating a two-tier system where you have those who are in the physical meeting room playing a larger role than those who are joining virtually. A lot of that is incumbent upon the leader to make sure that they have strategies in place to raise everybody's collective awareness of who is actually in that meeting room. It's not just the people in the physical space, but then also to make sure that the attendees have a shift in mindset where they are also aware of that and want to encourage those who are joining virtually, for example, to speak up. So it requires kind of this collective change in how we think about participation. I think it forces the facilitator to think about time. Yes. Because the other comment my client made was that we were there for our piece of the meeting and then they let us go. We didn't have to sit through the whole meeting. So they came with their presentation okay. in this large meeting Okay. and they would say, here's the engineer or whatever with their report. And then right. they would give their report and they would say, okay, well, we'll go on to our other business. Thanks for coming. Hmm. And he said, if we were in person in the meeting, they probably would have made us sit through the whole meeting. Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't think about that. So, so maybe you have like decision makers who need to hear from the subject matter experts and that subject yep. matter expert can come in and inform them which will help them to then make a better decision, but they don't have to sit there through the whole meeting. Yeah, right. that's interesting. Right, because they're going on to other items on their agenda that don't right. have anything to do with them. Yeah, right. I've not heard that often being expressed. I think that's a great policy, though, for organizations to and take. I, I'll do that. I host a peer group of consultants on Friday morning from all over the country, and I'll have a subject matter expert come into our meeting. Our meeting lasts 90 minutes, and I'll take 30 minutes for the SME. Yep. And I'll just have them for their 30 minutes, and then I let them go, and then we yeah. go on with our meeting. Hmm. That's a great idea. I love it. Because <laughs> I don't want to take up an hour and a half for them if they're only really there for 30. Yeah, no, that's totally true. And it's hard to delicately and diplomatically leave a meeting that you're in the physical space. With yeah, so, so yeah. I, write them, I write them a note in the email when we're talking about them being in that meeting and just say, look, I'm not going to keep you for the whole time. You show up for your time. And then uh, when you're finished, I'll thank you for coming and then you can go. Yeah, it's not something they find out on the fly. Right, right, for sure. And in Suddenly Hybrid, we have a bunch of strategic suggestions. And with Suddenly Virtual, we wanted it to be a practical guide. Suddenly Hybrid, we wrote it in the same vein. So you have these checklists and these tools and these chapter takeaways and these reflection exercises. So it's not just something where you read the theory. It gives you specific things that you can do to make them better. Just sharing one of them with you. You know, I talked about how important it is for the leader to have some plans in place to ensure that the remote attendees are not forgotten. Some of the organizations that are doing hybrid meetings well have a policy that remote speak first. So say you're going through the agenda, you hit a 
topic and you want to open discussion on it, rather than if you're the leader in the physical conference room, rather than turning to your right and saying, hey, Joe, what do you think about this? Instead, the meeting leader would turn to the monitor and ask somebody who's joining remotely to weigh in first. And what that does is a couple of things. It sends a signal that the participation of those who are attending virtually is equally as important as those who are there in person. It also gives them an opportunity to speak up without having to try to find that sliver of space, (laughs) audio space where they can chime in. And also it makes everybody in the room realize, oh, hey, yeah, they're here. (laughs) I, I use the concept that I call create space. So mm-hmm. when I'm facilitating, I'm very aware of who the extroverts and introverts are. Yes. And so I like to create space for the introverts. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty conscious of their engagement level and yeah. even more so on a virtual meeting because you can be so focused on your agenda and the conversation at hand that they can slip through and they have valuable things to contribute. And one of the things that you can do to alleviate some of that too is to validate all forms of participation. So that means that chat that became so important as a secondary way of communicating in a virtual meeting should also be used in a hybrid meeting. Because for example, if you are joining remotely, sometimes it might be difficult to get the attention of the meeting leader that you have something to say. But if you put something in chat saying, I'd like to make a comment about this. If you have a chat monitor, for example, that person can then say, hey, Jane has something that she wanted to add. And then the meeting leader can say, oh, Jane, what did you want to say? So using chat as a way to insert yourself into the conversation queue is really effective. I love that. I wish we had that in live on-site meetings. Right. Uh, Because if you think about it, introverts and extroverts, is just a way of using energy. Right. Yes. And sure. so all their energy is going to be expended on what they actually have to say. Right. They right. often don't have the energy to make space for themselves. So the facilitator needs to do that. Yeah. And I mentioned the chat monitor. There also are some additional roles that you might want to consider having in a hybrid meeting. One is the chat monitor. You might want to have a moderator for the discussion itself, especially if you're the meeting leader and the decision maker, because that's a pretty heavy cognitive burden to make sure that you're getting even participation, to be able to make sure you're sticking to the agenda, to stick to the timing that you would set aside. There's a lot that you have to manage. And if you're trying to make a decision at the end, that can be pretty burdensome. So if you have somebody who is designated as the moderator of the discussion, they can be the ones who are making sure that you're sticking with the timestamps that you set out, that you don't have Pam, who is joining virtually, who hasn't said a word, not have her voice be heard. That can be a really great role to add to your hybrid meeting. The other thing we advocate is something called in-room allies or in-room buddies where you assign somebody who's going to be joining in person with somebody who's going to be joining virtually. And that person in the physical meeting space is kind of the advocate for the virtual attendee. And they're always trying to make sure that they have an opportunity to participate because it can be really easy to forget people who are not physically in front of you. There's an in-room bias that we all have. It's important to always be considering ways to mitigate that. Well, I think that's part of the value that CEOs have for me is because typically they're running the meeting, but in the meeting with me, I'm running the meeting. Yeah. So they can actually sit back and listen and weigh in whenever. 
But when you're actually in charge of the meeting and you're trying to think, like you said, it can be hard and you can miss some things that people say. Uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think you're also alluding to something I think is also critical is you, these are new skills. It's not just your average running a meeting. There are different things that you have to think about. And that's why training is also critical. And I've been spending a lot of time doing that for I sure, bet. helping people to make sure that there isn't a dip in productivity or that the decisions that are made during a hybrid meeting are optimized because everybody has had a chance to participate. There's a a lot that you have to think about. You don't want to go into a hybrid meeting setting in the willy-nilly sort of way and you haven't been intentional in your approach because you will fail. Yeah. We talked about it quite a bit the last time you were here, but just in case there's been changes or whatever, when you talk about virtual and hybrid meetings, what kind of technology are we talking yeah, it's a great thing to bring up because I think about the two things that are really essential. It's training and then technology and then training on the technology, right? Hopefully people have come up with their system for how they're going to show up in a virtual meeting, which means you need to have a good webcam, not one that's going to give you a grainy image because you are limited when you join remotely by the size of the screen and how you come across on it. So you want people to be able to read your facial expressions as easily as possible. And that means you need to have a good webcam. You also need to have good lighting. <laughs> you need to be able to see your face. It can be as easy as facing a window. Natural light works really well, or just pull a couple of lamps and put it on either side of your webcam setup so that your face is evenly illuminated. Make sure that you have high quality audio. So a lot of folks have, and we're relying mostly on the laptop microphones. Some of them are fine, but others are not. Not all microphones are made the same as you know. Yeah. So we suggest usually using some sort of external audio input, whether that's a headset, headphones. I'm using a lavalier microphone. I think it cost me 20 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, But it is infinitely better than the one that is baked into my laptop. And it's a new laptop, it, but they're just, they're not able to create the same level of audio fidelity as an external one is. So that all of those things are key. But when you are in a conference room and you want to have a hybrid meeting, you also have to have it well-equipped. So that means you need to have a conference room camera and not just take a laptop, open it up, stick it at the end of the conference room table and use the webcam on a laptop. That is not going to be effective. It's not creating participation equity. It's just not going to work. So you need to have something that will be able to capture everybody in the room and to make sure that the room is configured so that nobody is hidden behind anybody else. But probably more important than the video though, is the audio. And I'm hearing a lot of this right now where people who are joining a hybrid meeting remotely are like, I can't hear, I can't hear the conversation that's going on in the conference room. Right. And I think a lot of times people think, well, I've got this conference room camera. It's got a microphone. Okay, well, that's great. But it's all the way at the other end of the room. And you have people who are seated on the opposite side. And if they're having these conversations with their person beside them, it is really difficult to hear. So I think companies need to really consider how they are setting up their audio within the conference room itself and make sure that everybody can be heard clearly no matter where they're seated. Yeah. And frankly, right now, because everybody has to sit so far apart because of the pandemic, yeah, I have executive teams that are all in the same building, but I just tell them to get on their computer in their office. And that was kind of like what people were advocating for a long time, right? But here's the bottom line, Tony, 
we are human. We are social creatures and we yeah. like to be in the same room with people. Sure. And even the introverts, there's still something about having people around you. It's part of you know, our evolution. You know, this is how we are programmed. So there is great value in figuring out ways for people to be gathered even from a safe distance. So that isolation might make it easier from a technology standpoint, but not necessarily from having a meeting that feels satisfying. And from the initial research that Joe did for those who are the early adopters of hybrid, he found that hybrid meetings were as satisfying and actually have more participation and less bad meeting behavior than any other kind of meeting. So there's a lot of promise if you actually take the steps and plan for it accordingly, but you have to plan for it. (laughs) A couple of things I never thought about. I had Wendy Bartlett on last year who talks a lot about the way you present yourself online or on just in photographs or whatever. And I said, well, you know, I'm like, I've got really small eyes. Like, I just think my eyes don't come across very well across video. And she goes, your eyes are fine. Your computer's too low. Mm-hmm, and right. uh, she said, whatever your computer is sitting on, on your desk is a little short. Like if you put something under your laptop and elevate your camera and I, it was amazing. The difference. Your eyes should be in direct parallel line to your camera lens. So you right. want to draw a, a parallel line from your eyes to your camera lens with the floor below. And a lot of people miss out on that. And for you, Tony, I'd say, I'd love to see your eyes better. I would love to see better front lighting. So I, yeah. so I can see those eyes better. Cause yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we don't be- use the video on the podcast, so I don't. But yes, I know. I look like I'm in a hyperbaric chamber or something. I need. You don't look like that. I, but I, need, I, I would like more, more light on your face. Yeah, so. I, I need more <laughs> light in this room for sure. Uh, <laughs> no doubt. There are only one window and it's way on the other side of the room. So I've contemplated. I just need to pull the trigger on. I'm getting a couple studio lights. Well, and even just, you know, you can pull lamps from your living room. I mean, it it doesn't have to be fancy. You just need to have something that allows your face to be the brightest thing in the frame. I I, I want to be fancy. I want to feel like- Okay, you can be fancy. I'm going to feel like Karen Reed (laughs) telling people the news and stuff. I'm going to feel like I'm in the studio. Okay. Well, you do you, Tony. That sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) So what do we need to do? And time flies when we're together. So what kind of mindset- does the participants or the person running the me, what kind of mindset do they need to have when they, I'm a firm believer, when you go from one thing to another in your job, you need to transition that and you need to transition your mindset to go and do something different. So what would your thoughts be on that? I think they have to always be thinking about inclusivity and how they can ensure that there is what I would call presence for all so that there are no advantages or people are not considered to be at a higher level because they're in person versus if they're joining remotely. You need constantly be thinking about, okay, how can I get the best out of my people? And for some, working from home has been working great and you're going to get the most productivity out of your people there. For others, they like the hum of the office and they want to be in the office. But Those are choices that match their desires and their personalities and their personal situations. And both of those need to be considered equal. (laughs) So as a meeting leader, you have to make room for that. 
And that means constantly making efforts to include people who are joining virtually, constantly coming up with policies that ensure that nobody is marginalized. One of the things that we recommend is creating a team meeting agreement. And that includes things in like, what do you want to do in terms of your pre-work? Do you want to require it? How far in advance do you want to send it out so that people know what the expectations are? What's the policy for video? We would say if you are taking part in a hybrid meeting that is designed to be collaborative, you need to have your camera on or else you will disappear. Participation norms, you know, what is the turn-taking policy that you're going to establish? How can people get in the conversation queue? Is it going to be raise your hand, raise your emoji hand, put something in chat, whatever it is, and then make sure that you abide by it and ensure that other people adhere to it so that you don't have the problem with people monologuing or the extroverts dominating the conversation. So it's always this orientation on the part of the leader to be thinking about, okay, how can I make sure that everybody is participating because that's the way you're going to get to the best business outcomes. Man, people love emojis. So that that shouldn't be a problem to include those. Right. So this book's coming out tomorrow. It's called Suddenly Hybrid, Managing the Modern Meeting. And so tell me the three biggest things you're excited about we'll learn in this book. Well, I'm excited that people will learn that they should not be afraid of them, that there's actually a lot of promise in hybrid meetings, which are more inclusive than any other meeting. And that was actually something that was surprising to us because hybrid meetings can be hard, which I guess leads me to my second one, just the understanding that it does require a different skill set for the part of the leader as well as the attendee. So with that in mind, you need to make sure that you are training your people. And then thirdly, you need to have the technology to support it. Technology for those who are joining remotely so that they can be as present and be represented as well as possible, but also in the meeting rooms themselves so that you can ensure that everybody can be seen and heard and that the remote attendees are physically represented in the conference room on as large a monitor as possible. You think we'll ever get to the point where conference rooms would be like TV studios where Instead of having the large telescoping camera, we'd have actual people with cameras in the room. Well, I tell you, Tony, there's so much kind of cool technology out there. I don't think it'll ever be a people-driven thing, but there's innovation now that does crazy things like the holograms. I mean, telepresence has been around for a long time, but it is so cost prohibitive. So what I would see is that more companies recognize that some of these lower cost solutions really have a big impact. You go from telepresence to something called the meeting owl, which is this kind of cute little device you stick in the middle of a circular table and it, it pivots around with a camera and its microphone to capture the image and the voice of the person who's speaking. So, I mean, there's all sorts of cool, innovative stuff out there that will try to enable all of this way of working because the bottom line is the vast majority of people want hybrid. Yeah, and you I could... can figure out the math problem of, okay, our team is going to be in here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Guess what? Meetings don't work that way. Ad hoc meetings happen all the time and you got to figure out a way to get people connected. Yeah, I could see companies that are really large pay an enormous amount, say, to get their windows washed or enormous amount to have their lawn cut. I could see them having a director and a camera switcher. So that meeting would be rather than having the big scope of room where you see like three people, but you can't really see them well. Hmm. I could see them having like a newscast type meeting. 
But we'll see. I mean, for us who came from that world, it'd be fun. But yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I see less people run things, and I see more innovation and technology right. run things, but at a greater scale. I think every conference room now has to be video enabled. So whether that is your big conference room or your huddle room, because this is the way we work now. Well, that's why we have you here, because you're the ex- <laughs> you're the expert. And I don't mind being told I'm way off base. So well, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. You could well, be right. And I would, I'll repeat the third time. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. On this particular subject, I would believe you and not me. <laughs> I'm going to run you through these questions. And okay. Maybe you won't remember what they are. I don't remember what they were. So, okay, okay, here we, here I'll we go. I'm gonna, I'll go back to the other episode and see if your answers are different. But oh, okay. what's the best memory that comes to mind for you? Oh, gosh, probably time down at the beach with my kids. We are partial to the North Carolina coast. So those are my best memories. I like that too. South Carolina also. Mm. Who's the number one hero in your life? My dad. Remind Uh, me of his name again. Dick Hawkins. So he passed away 10 years ago, but you know, so much of who I am is the result of him. That's great. What's the top value you subscribe to? Authenticity. Most important person in your life. Oh, these are quick. Okay. Most important person. Oh, like one person. I feel like that's not fair, Tony. I feel like that's not fair. Probably my husband. All right. How about we'll do that. But then my kids are like super close to that too. And my family, I'm very family oriented. So cool. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? Favorite thing in the whole, I'd love to know what I said to this before macaroni and cheese. (laughs) Well, my next question is what's your favorite food? (laughs) Macaroni and cheese. Okay, so, funny. so continuing the previous name, what's the most beautiful place you've ever visited? Mm, I love Baldhead Island. That is my happy place. Cool. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Mm, curiosity. Cool. How do you want to be remembered? Just as a force for good. I actually try to do that in every aspect of my life, just to be a positive presence, whether that's personal or professional. If you could go back and talk to a younger Karen, what advice would you give her? (laughs) Appreciate what you have at a given moment and don't constantly be trying to plan for something several years out. (laughs) What's your favorite sound? Waves crashing. And of all the lessons you've learned, what's the best lesson? (laughs) Be yourself and people who appreciate that will be drawn to you. And those are the right people you want to have in your life. So she's on-camera communications expert, CEO, and chief confidence creator of Speaker Dynamics, Karen Reed. And Karen sent me an email and said, hey, I got a new book coming out on February 2nd. Can I come back on the podcast show? And I had one word that flashed across my brain. Fun. Yes. Fun. Oh, good. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> so, as you can probably tell, we have a lot of fun together. So Karen, how do people get the new book coming out tomorrow, February 2nd? How do they get that? And how do they find out more about what you do? You can get Suddenly Hybrid anywhere you buy books. And it actually has already done really well. It was the number one hot new release in business communication on Amazon. So that was exciting and gotten some really, really nice reviews from I, some pretty cool people. So and I already got to read some of it. Yeah, because you're special. You sent me the preview link. That's right. That's right. With with instructions that I'd be killed if I shared it. That is not true. Oh, no, I didn't say killed. I did say please don't share. But Well, (laughs) you said please don't share. And in my brain, it was like, or you'll be killed. That's right. That that was the subtext. Uh, (laughs) And I mean killed figuratively everybody. (laughs) 
Dope yeah. Stuff. And if people are interested in learning more about our training, we encourage you to go to speakerdynamics.com. And we have different ways of delivering training, whether that's one-on-one group workshops or a scalable solution, Speaker Dynamics University, which has actually been really well received. Yeah. And, you know, we got lots of executives, lots of high potential employees, lots of entrepreneurs and business owners that listen to our show. I'm telling you, go get this book because this is here to stay. It's going to be part of our life from now on. Like my client said, but forced us to do things we should have already been doing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a great way of looking at it rather than saying, I'm going to wait for things to go back to the way it was. That's that ship has sailed. No, don't turn into my dad. You know, don't don't be resistant just because, just because, right? right? Yeah. All right. Karen Reed, everybody. Karen, thanks for taking the time and I appreciate your friendship. Oh, Tony, right back at you. I really appreciate you, your friendship, and just the opportunity to talk about a subject I'm passionate about. Yeah. I love it. All right, stand by. I've got more coming up next on Better Than Before. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards, and I've got three big ideas to share with you that is going to help your development for this week. Big idea number one, the goal of perfection is a losing battle that you're never going to win. There is no such thing as perfection. What you need to do is always shoot for progress, not perfection. Number two, big idea. When you get to 80% finished, you're pretty much there. Hardly anybody's going to notice the value or even pay attention to that last 20% that you're striving for, that you're allowing yourself to procrastinate over, or you're delaying things for. So when that first 80% gets there, you're ready to launch, baby. That's what software companies do. And they allow feedback then to help them perfect it as they move forward. At 80%, it's go time. Big idea number three, don't be so over-focused on what is wrong. Spend quite a bit of time on what is right and what is working well. Those are my three big ideas for you this week. And that's our Better Than Before show today. I hope you enjoyed Karen Reed and that great interview we had. Her book comes out tomorrow. Don't forget, suddenly virtual, available wherever you buy books. Better Than Before is sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4. You can join my free Facebook group, Tony Richards Speaker, Author, Coach. Just push that like button and you're in. And then, as always, I want to give a special thanks to our producer, the super and fabulous Tessa Hall. And until we visit again next week, 
I'm Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.